Hello, and welcome to the Screen Strong Families podcast, bringing you the best solutions for parents who are serious about eliminating screen conflicts in their home. This is Mandy Hammond. I am so glad you're here today. If you're new, we're thrilled that you found us, and to all of our regular listeners, welcome back. Today, we are going to use our time to specifically address teens. Now, if you're a parent listening, please continue to listen. I don't want you to go anywhere. I just want you to pretend you're in the background. I think you're going to get a lot out of this as well. But we are constantly being asked by parents of teens for content for their teens that they can benefit from. And today is that day. So I have the pleasure of interviewing Jason and Lisa Frost, who run the nonprofit organization We Are Wired Human. And they also have written the book, The Glass Between Us. They have at least a decade of talking to teenagers in the classroom and elsewhere about this issue of technology. I have been following them for a while and so appreciate their passion for this generation of teens. And I know everyone is going to get a lot out of this today, whether you are a teenager or you are an adult. So I'm excited to jump right in and let them tell you a little bit more about the mission they're on to empower our youth. So welcome, Jason and Lisa. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here, Mandy. Thank you for inviting us. This is a total honor and a pleasure to speak to our to the younger generation here. So we're excited. This is our this is uh, basically our background and our passion. So it's good to be in this place right now. Mm-hmm. Good. I just love that so much. And so that just brings me to my next question: Is why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your background uh, working with teens, and what made you passionate about this topic? Yeah, I can go first. I, well, we both have spent close to a decade working with this young generation, middle school and high school. My experiences have varied from integration expert, helping kids transition from high school into an independent living situation, to basketball coach in Germany and the uh, German basketball uh, club system, to educational expert, working in the German school system, helping kids navigate their way to graduate who had uh, trauma and behavioral problems and directing youth program. Yeah, and I'm a teacher by profession. I'm a high school teacher. I absolutely love working with this generation with you guys because I feel like it is such an exciting age where everyone is starting to ask the really hard questions about life. Where do I want to go? Who do I want to be? What do I want to do when I grow up? And Jason and I have also directed a youth program together. And I've also led a bunch of camps. That's one of the things that I love is getting together with young people outside of their natural environments and seeing where life can take them. That's awesome. What do you, just because I'm curious now, so what kind of camps are these? So you're just doing a lot of outdoor. Yeah, as you can hear by my accent, I'm not American originally. (laughs) I am married to one, which is Jason. Um, So we moved here about three years ago. Uh, most of my life has been in lived in Germany, and my parents actually run a Christian retreat center, and we would get teenagers together to just take a break from their daily lives in summer, like summer type summer camp stuff, and just really think about life. Where do you want to go? Just enjoy being together, getting to know other teenagers and just having so much fun bonding and experiencing true community. Oh, that is wonderful. I love that. Okay. So let's just set this up a little bit. Let's pretend that you are at a school assembly right now and you've got this entire you know, room full of young people. Um, let's say anywhere from middle schoolers, high schoolers, just a teenager. What would you say the percentage of kids sitting there have devices in their pockets? 
from experience, probably all of them. And if they don't have a smartphone, they probably have an iPad in their backpack. <laughs> okay. So knowing that, we are going to talk to that today because obviously this is not just something that a teenager, most teenagers can just say, oh, well, I'm just going to give this up today and we're just going to change everything right now. You know, this is kind of the way of their life, but how can we do things differently? So I love your guys' value-based approach. And we talk about that a lot with Screen Strong. We talk about that to parents about how values and our family values are so important. But I love that approach that you take with teenagers too. So I'm just going to give you the stage for just a few minutes and let you guys just do your thing. And I want you just to pretend that you're talking to those teenagers and telling them about how values shape, you know, what we do and why they're so important. No, that's a great question, Mandy. When we first meet with this rising generation, these future leaders, before we answer the question of what are our values, I feel like the most important thing that we talk about, especially with this younger generation, is what is our inherent value? And when I get together with uh, or at a school assembly or in a room, um, I always love to ask this question, how would you respond to this? Am I enough? And it's really interesting because if I go back to when I was in high school, middle school, this was a really hard question for me to answer because you're always comparing yourself. You're not sure what your identity is. You have these weaknesses, these strengths, and it's it's really can be a confusing and challenging time. But I didn't get a smartphone until I was 25. And I would have no idea at some level how intense that would be in a world of social media, gaming, uh, and especially pornography where they put a measurable uh, standard that's out there and it's almost subconsciously absorbed, but because it is measurable and because it's very clear of what the standard is, it becomes a very difficult question or a very difficult uh, journey of feeling like enough when that standard is absolutely impossible to ever meet or reach because it's pretty much all fake for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so we really tackle with this rising generation identity in starting from a platform of the tech world is always going to measure you, but actually we have an inherent human value that can never be measured. It's beyond measure. And we have to believe in that first and understand that first as human beings before we can even begin the journey of understanding where our values are and where we're headed. Yeah, I think it's super important that we talk about how this whole online world is influencing us. And it's it's crazy to think that the most successful people are actually also the people struggling with digital media, oftentimes social media the most. We did a lot of research for our book, The Glass Between Us. And one of the people that I followed that many of you will know is Selena Gomez. Oh, she yeah. is called the queen of Instagram. She is obviously super popular, you know, rose to fame through Disney. But she kept saying again and again in interviews like I had to take break from social breaks from social media I can't imagine how it feels like to grow up with it and really has these like sort of this love-hate relationship of trying to be this Instagram celebrity social media celebrity and yet not feeling great and um, what we find so fascinating and also really really sad that the whole tech world they obviously just want to make money. It's the wealthiest industry, trillion dollar industry in the world. And if they can get our time and attention, and many of us know, know that now since the social dilemma, they will get rich off of us. Sadly, that never takes our well-being into consideration and not, 
not a young person's well-being. Just yesterday, this um, article was going viral that was featured in the Wall Street Journal, and it talked about that 30% of teenage girls, they actually struggle like crazy with their self-image when they are on Instagram. And Facebook knows this. They don't want to do anything about it because they make so much money off of that and it's hard to change. Unfortunately, what feeds the machine is anything that's external. So success is defined, and you guys know this, by appearance, by wealth, and by attention. And one of the reasons why I know this too is that I actually have a brother who is a nature photographer and is using Instagram as a platform. But he would tell me time and time again, that world is so fake. Nothing is real about the picture in terms of the setting and all that. And people are like, oh, your life is so perfect. I want to be like you. And that's just nature. But most of us, we have gotten to know that world as a selfie world, right? Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, it's not portraying the normal body type, the normal face, hair, <laughs> but it's like a an unattainable image oftentimes. And that's dangling in front of our eyes like this is the standard this is what you have to be i don't know if you guys would agree i'd love to chat to one <laughs> some of you one day don't you guys wish we could have a live q a with teenagers right now but yes mm -hmm. let's plan it we'll do it <laughs> i know let's do it for real so lisa one of the things that i saw recently on your guys's account was a video you did about the loneliness paradox and i thought this was very interesting because I'm sure a lot of teens might say, but this is the only way that I can connect to my friends. Like I can't go off of this. I've been on it for however many years or I have my streaks. It's the only way that I connect with my peers. Talk to me about what kind of a myth that is. Cause honestly, even parents will tell us that too. Like I could never take this back from my children because, oh my gosh, it's the only way they have friends, whether it be through video games, whether it be through social media. So what would you say to teenagers that just say, I'm just going to give up all my friends if I give this away? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great question. And uh, let me just tell you, I feel you with, especially with the pandemic, this has been such a hard season for all of us. But I personally would say that it's probably affected kids and teens the most in the, in the worst ways possible. Because I know that so much of our social lives uh, moved online. When we wrote our book, we did a lot of research. And we what we found is that you guys, this rising generation, Generation Z, is actually the loneliness, uh, loneliest of all generations. So if you compare it with anybody my age and up, like it's actually those people that are better off as even the old folks are better off than this young generation. But we live in this super hyper-connected world, so we don't think about it much. But most of what social media gives us is just not true connection. Like we talk a lot about quantity being exchanged for quality in relationships. We also looked at happiness research. I don't know if you guys have, have ever heard about that, but there are institutes out there that actually research what makes people happy. And 
they have found that caring relationships are actually the biggest predictor for life satisfaction and long-lasting happiness. Like not this instant like gratification. Oh, I feel good like for a moment and then it's gone. Um, and I feel worse than I felt before. But this feeling of like, wow, I like life. I like where I am. And it comes out of the, that place with truly bonding with people that care about me. And it's that caring aspect that is so often missing in the digital world because it's more about me portraying something, us commenting on most of the things that are very surfacey or even superficial at times. Yeah, it's nice to comment on a photo where somebody looked nice. Um, it makes us feel good, but it's not what really fulfills that need of connecting with somebody because that is a place where we want to be authentic experience life together and be real and that is so often lacking in your guys's generation and it's proven time and time again and we want to invite you to get back there we know this is a hard season and it's rough but we do believe that real friendships and good family relationships are possible with a ton of intentionality. Do you feel that teens today have lost some of their identity or are confused about their true identity? One of the biggest challenges is that you get thrown so many messages at you all day long. Like the moment we use the internet, it's like, be this, buy that, <laughs> be in that vacation spot. I struggle with that and I'm in my 30s. I think in that, it's hard to sometimes connect to who am I really? What do I really like? What do I really want to go after? And that we can only figure out in a place where we connect to our inner selves. And that's often a place that's unplugged, yeah. where we shut out these messages, at least for a while, and say, I really want to figure out who I am, what's important to me. We talk about a lot about values and what we mean by values is what do I treasure most in life? What is truly, truly important to us? And it doesn't change. It's something that I consistently say yes to. Like for me, one of those things is authenticity. I want to be real on the screen, off the screen and not portray something I am not. So how do teens, what would you say to teens then who just they know inside their gut tells them this does not benefit me. This does not benefit me. And actually we had a teen on recently and that was a question he said he asked himself, is this benefiting me? And he realized it wasn't. Um, and so how do teens find this courage when they feel like they're the only one in their friend group who might be having these thoughts of like, this doesn't even benefit me. I don't even like being on this, but for some reason I pick it up again and I scroll through, you know, what do we say to these teens that are struggling that way, but they just don't know what step to take. I think the difference between ordinary and extraordinary today looks a lot like putting your phone in a drawer. I feel that being able to cut the ties to our devices is going to uniquely make us stand out as leaders of our time and basically culture shapers of our time to help lead an entire generation towards a place of sustainable well-being exercising the power of presence and getting the fullness of relationships or the reward of relationships, which Lisa was saying we know is the single most important aspect of our lives when it comes to life satisfaction and even our health. Because we know that um, studies will tell you that smokers 
obese people, couch potatoes, all kinds of different factors that they're actually likely to live longer than someone who did not steward healthy, caring relationships in their lives. And we know that technology is a great, great place to get organized, to mobilize together, to go do fun things, but it's not where the depths of relationships are experienced. So with that said, I think we have to focus on what the reward is. And we have to realize that this is the World War III generation. They were born into an age where there's a multi-billion dollar algorithm chasing them down the minute they get on a screen to try to bring them down a path that they never asked for. And in order to confront that and stand up against that, they're going to have to step up to the plate as leaders of their time. And so I would just encourage you that you get the, re the, the, the reward of fighting this battle is awesome mental health, is deeper relationships, and I'll tell you what, when you hit 18 years old and you've learned to manage the, these things in your life, you're going to be unstoppable because there's no other generation before you that has ever had to make this many decisions uh, and be this intentional about the way they want to live out their middle school, high school years than you. And that's an invitation to greatness. That's what I see it as. So take heart. It may be hard. It may, it may feel difficult, but standing out in your generation right now can make the difference when it comes to what you're going to do in the future because you're going to be competing against all these people out there for jobs and doing different things and you'll have a whole tool belt around you that they don't have if you learn to manage this stuff now oh my gosh i love that i couldn't love that more um and that's what i was thinking as you're talking i'm thinking i believe this but do you all believe that the pendulum is going to swing the other way mm -hmm. at some point here because i feel like kids growing up today. And I have three teenagers. My youngest is 13. I've got a 16 and almost 18 year old. And I try to tell them all the time, like, this is up to you. This is up to your generation. You know, my friends that are, we're all raising our teenagers. I'm generation X basically. And we, we didn't grow up with this technology and we're the first to parent kids with this kind of technology. So I really feel like this next generation coming up, it's going to be up to them. So do you guys feel that too, that that pendulum is going to swing the other way eventually? Yes. Yes. And I think we all need to work towards that goal. One of, one of the things we see that we desperately want to see change is that oftentimes it's the parent and teachers, parents and teachers that don't fully know how to raise this, uh, this generation successfully in the digital age. And if you talk to pediatricians, if you do the research, you will find that the most important skills we learn in life that make us succeed, and I don't just mean succeed in the external world. Yes, there's, you know, the better jobs that we might get, but also succeed in the things that truly matter. Like what we talked about before is knowing how to build friendships. Like those types of things, they are not nourished. Most of them are not nourished, at least not to a deeper degree in the online world. Like I interviewed one 16-year-old um, girl and she said, I'm 100% convinced that we are going to have more singles in my generation than, than we have ever had. And the reason she said that is that she said, all of my peers, we have no idea how to do conflict because mm -hmm. we just message each other. We don't see each other whenever there's like something that's frustrating we shun each other we ghost each other that's how we break up that's how we yeah. start a relationship it all happens on a device and she's like I just can't see that working in a relationship and if you think of like a romantic partner I think 
just from my perspective, it really doesn't work if we don't grow in these skills, even as adults, as parents, we still grow in these skills of like, what does it mean to share my heart, to ask for forgiveness, those types of things. It just can't be learned through a screen. What I love about you guys and this rising generation is you're so smart. You have this ability to think and to question. And I know that no teenager wants to be exploited. And if we talk more about what is it what that truly, truly makes me succeed in life, that truly brings me happiness, and if that really is screens for you, I doubt it. But I think if you go on that journey of discovery of what do I want, who do I want to be, who do I want to spend my time with, most of these skills are learned in offline settings. And we have also talked to a lot of teenagers that would have short breaks, like let's say a couple days of going to an outdoor camp, that type of thing. We were just on the Appalachian Trail with a family and we talked to a bunch of 13-year-old teens and they had to leave their phones behind. And they were telling us, this is the best time of our lives. Like it felt uncomfortable at first, but we are so happy to just be together and experience life with no distractions, just being together, experiencing adventure. Well, let's talk about that for a minute, just for fun. I'd love to hear about your Appalachian Trail adventure and what caused you guys to do that. And what did you experience just even yourselves without technology? Yeah, that was an epic adventure. Uh, there's so much we could say about it. And just to kind of as a, a segue into that, well, there's a saying we always say, the glass of your screen cannot reflect back the beauty and value of your per personhood. Only the mirror of friendship can do that. And by that, we mean relationships. And so uh, smartphones, devices, all of this stuff makes a poor, it's not, a, it's not something that'll ever reflect who you are back to yourself. Uh, it'll always measure you. It'll always try to show you something. And, and what it's measuring with is, a, is an algorithm that's designed to make you feel insecure, to pull you in deeper, to get you to interact with their products so your eyes make money for them. And so when we got out on the Appalachian Trail, I think the thing that hit me the most was how long it took for me to personally unplug, like unwiring my brain. This is after writing a book. You know, we wrote the book, The Glass Between Us, and we had spent a couple thousand hours at least on the research end of it. There's about 400 footnotes and over 250 sources we used to write the book. It's, it's story driven, but we just really wanted the research to also speak for itself uh, of what technology is doing to us. We were just amazed that after our brains had the chance to finally reset, what a difference that made for us to receive each other and reflect back the beauty to each other. And especially with our kids, uh, we had some serious sibling rivalry going on. And after the trail was, or after 30 days on the trail in the backcountry, overcoming, like my son hiked Thunder Mountain, um, which is one of the highest points of the Appalachian Trail. And he got up four years old, got up to the top by himself and he was a change he was a changed man after that and i just remember when we uh towards the end of the journey we had gone through uh lightning storms that we had constantly been out running on the tops of these mountains where you're five days away from civilization uh torrential downpours that lasted for for two and a half days straight where we were soaked and drenched we had mishaps where i almost impaled my hand with a stake from our tent that went went through my hand and all kinds oh, of crazy man. stuff. And at the end, the bond between us without technology was so real and so tangible that it was something we carry with us to this day. Three months later, we're like, we want to fight for this. We don't mm. want to lose this feeling. And our devices immediately, it's like, it was weird. I'll, I'll explain it this way. 
I couldn't go back to drinking normal water after drinking spring water for 30 days because normal water smelled like chlorine. And I, it was just, and to this day, it still hits me. It almost makes my eyes water because I'm so sensitive after being on trail water all those for 30 days. I feel the same way with my device. I can feel what it does to me so much more clearly and what it does when it's just sitting in a room to my relationships, to my kids, and to my relationship with my wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it, it showed me what, what's at stake and what we're fighting for. And uh, one thing that was really cool on the trail, too, is um, because it was the Appalachian Trail, which attracts a lot of hikers, that we bonded like with other people like we have never we never have before. So it's like you would meet a hiker and just start up a conversation about life and meaning and all kinds of things. But because for most, they didn't have their, they had their devices with them probably, but they definitely weren't dominating. And um, a lot of them were in their early 20s and also just said, I just wanted to get away. Like I, I wanted to stop the scrolling. I didn't want this anymore. It was super refreshing because usually in society, we talk so much about also what technology throws at us, like political tensions and that type of thing. But because that was so far away, because nobody was checking the news regularly and that type of thing, we were just super real with each other and connected about things that you usually wouldn't talk about. And that's what we want to see more of. And that also coming back to your comment, Mandy, about is the pendulum going to swing? We think it will because you guys are smart. (laughs) Like we as people are incredibly intelligent people. And once we figure out what really brings us life and this Appalachian Appalachian trail trail experience surely brought us life and all those other people on the trail too, like this is the real deal. This is what it feels like to connect to myself, to others, to nature. And it was this incredibly, incredible sense of bonding with people you had just met that were in completely different life seasons from completely different backgrounds. So we want you guys to try that out for yourselves obviously most of you can probably not go (laughs) into nature for a month by themselves but try it out with your friends with your family like do an unplugged adventure and see how it feels and report back to us it might feel uncomfortable at first but I guarantee you that you're gonna come back changed and you will actually feel better Oh, absolutely. That is so powerful. You guys, just everything you just said about that inspired me to go on some 30 day fast with my family and say no technology whatsoever, because that is truly how you figure out that, wow, that wasn't benefiting me, which brings me to talk about our screen strong challenge, which is just a free seven day detox that we offer typically to parents to take their family through. But I want to throw it out there to the teens too. This is, there's no right or wrong way to do it, except just to say, I'm going to take a break from this thing for seven days. And maybe you delete your social media. Maybe you give your phone to your parents for a week Mm -hmm. um, and truly unplug because you really can't see the issue you're having until you get to step away from it. Kind of like you said, Jason, with the whole water thing, like, you know, that's, that's powerful. That is so great. I uh, just met with a um, therapist recently, a family therapist who works with a lot of teens and kids. Stacey Jagger, she actually wrote a um, book on her approach to it's called The 30-Day Blackout. And she says she doesn't take one child 
unless or one family on as clients unless they commit to 30 days without screens and yep. not just the kids but also the parents because she says oftentimes the parents they don't see what's wrong until they put their phones away mm -hmm. and what she has found is that anxiety depression like all those struggles that she deals with in her practice they are so intertwined with screens that until we are willing to give it a break change won't happen so she says you can work with me but put put everything away including tv for 30 days then let's reconvene and she talks about a withdrawal period that especially with families that use a lot of screens at first it doesn't feel great because it's kind of like a drug at times yeah like uh, this thing that feeds you and you're like oh what do I do now and then she talks about week two or three where all of a sudden the relationships change and there's more bonding and creativity starts springing up in a new way of like oh man I could get this crate these cranes out and draw a picture or whatever it may be that excites you Yeah, it's incredibly rewarding and incredibly powerful. And oftentimes we're just not aware how negative the impact is that technology has on us and our relationships with each other. Until we are able to walk away from it. Exactly. And see what we gain in return. Yes, I love that. So talk to me just real briefly as we're kind of closing up. What is your, what's your guys' work with Wired Human about? What are you doing through that? organization. Thanks, Mandy. Yeah, we're very much on the same page with what you guys do. And I think our starting place in the big, the most important message that we want to release to this generation is a message of hope that you are enough in the digital age, that the message that these industries, these platforms are always pumping is a complete lie. It creates a, uh, a synthetic version of what enough is supposed to be. Uh, and it pumps that message constantly at you every time you get on your smartphone. And it's designed to keep pulling you in and keep you on this journey of, oh, if I do this, could I be enough? If I get this many likes, can I be enough? Uh, if I check these people out and figure out what they're doing and I do it too, will I be enough? And you'll never find that through a smartphone, through a screen. The only way to get that truly that feeling of, of contentment in life to feel like we're enough is to journey outside of the screens, outside of social media, outside of technology and find it in natural relationships in the real world where that mirror of friendship, of deep relationship, of people who love and care about you can reflect the true beauty, the inherent beauty of who you are back to you and your inherent value. Because your value cannot be measured. It's unmeasurable. It's inherent. Nobody else is like you. You're unique to this world. You have a special gift and a special purpose to bring to this to this planet. And you are on a journey of discovering what that looks like. And it and you never arrive. You will be on that journey until uh, until the day you die. But what you will is discover more about yourself, of who you are, and what life is about. And being on that process with real relationships, real people, real mentors is so critical to discovering who we are. And so I think. Everything around Wired Human wraps around this idea of letting this generation know and giving parents, teachers, and professionals the tools to communicate that you are enough. You have all these great fundamental human needs that are that are part of your psychology that you can go out and we can help show you how to meet those needs without screens. And so whether that's through a student assembly, parent workshops, meeting and workshops with students in the classroom podcasts or speaking engagements, all these things that we do all wraps around the idea of communicating the truth of the inherent value of this rising generation, that it's immeasurable, 
that it's unique to them and that technology will never reflect it back to them. That's probably the biggest thing I took out of today was this line you said about how technology is just there to measure you and it's never going to reflect you. That is so beautiful and such a great picture. I just keep thinking, it just keeps going over and over. I wrote it down. I keep looking at it. And just if we could all realize that, that our best reflection is through those relationships that we have in person, we could just all grasp that. And if these kids listening could grasp that from a younger age, like they truly are going to change the world um, as it starts going the other way. Oh my goodness, you guys, this has been so amazing. I'm just going to ask you one more thing. And we kind of ask all our guests this, that if you had one piece of advice that you could give, and since we're talking to teens, we'll just say to teens, tangible advice that you could give them as they leave this podcast, what would that be? The first thing that came to mind is find a person you can trust and take the time to just chat one-on-one about life. I think so often we are in group settings and we are so distracted by technology, but I think it really needs that that starting place of, hey, let let me get real with somebody else. And that's also what we want to do as wired human is we want to close that generational gap where oftentimes parents and teachers, they don't know how to speak into some of these issues. So they don't. I think if we can really get real about how is this technology affecting me? But what do I really want in life? Change is going to happen and it's going to benefit your life so greatly. So seek out a person you can trust, grab a cup of tea or whatever you like, (laughs) go to a park bench, whatever your passion is, and just chat about some of the things that um, we just brought up today and get real about your own journey with technology. Mine would be be a mirror yourself. I think one of the greatest ways to improve our mental health uh, and to feel like we're back in control is to actually be leaders. And being a leader today in the digital age looks like being a, a, a real true mirror to other people to reflect their beauty back to them. So if you have friends that are all on their smartphones and addicted and you're feeling like, man, I really want to find a different direction, I think a great way to do it is to actually model that yourself. Like meet with your friends and be present with them and really try to reflect back to them what you see, what positives you see, and encourage them to show them what an experience feels like to be lifted up into that in today's time outside of a screen. Because I'll guarantee that if you're doing that and you're consistent in that, not only are you rising up as like the top 0.001% of society right now, but you're also setting a path for them to follow in and to go down that doesn't involve screens and can actually head to some some place that's more sustainable for well-being, mental health, um, and stewarding good relationships in our lives. Oh my goodness. So good. You guys, this was just gold. I loved it. Um, where can people find you from here? Well, first we have our website, wiredhuman.org. So that's a great place to start. We also have social media. You can find us on Instagram at We Are Wired Human, Facebook as well or our social media in general is about giving something to you. So we hope that it's not a place that you linger, but you you find something inspiring for your day and you go out and reflect that back in how you, uh, how you approach your life in whatever world you find yourself in. Wonderful. I know I'm going to be thinking about that now, even throughout today. How can I reflect back? I love that concept. That's great. Well, thank you so much, you guys, for being on today. <laughs> thank, thank you, Mandy. Mandy. It's been great. 
I hope you all enjoyed listening today. We would love it if you would share this with a friend or how about your teenager? Even better. If you enjoy our content, consider becoming a podcast sponsor. You can contact us at team at screenstrong.com for more information about that. We do depend on donations from our community because we're a nonprofit organization. So if you can visit our site at screenstrong.com, you can donate there. And you can also learn more about the free Screen Strong Challenge, the seven-day detox that we talked about earlier. If you feel like you need help and you're looking for a community, we would love for you to join our Screen Strong Families Facebook group where you'll find support from other parents just like you. Remember, we've got your back and we are here to help you. So until next time, stand up for your kids, stand out from the crowd, and stay strong. Stay strong.